Good morning. I am Chris Spitters, um, pastor at our Stevensville campus, and I am excited to be here with you today and to help us all bring in the new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah. How many of you stayed up to watch the ball drop last night? All right. Those are the ones. I'm going to keep an eye on you so you don't fall asleep today. No falling asleep if you stayed up. Of course, I stayed up to watch it myself. I promise you, I will not be falling asleep in the middle of my own sermon. Thanks for laughing. It was kind of a stupid joke, but okay, here we go. I have, um, I am excited about this because New Year, it's, just, it's a new year, oh, the old things are gone, the ball has dropped, like it's a fresh start, right? When we love fresh starts. The old things are behind us, old football games, pff, they're in the past. Um, all the stuff that's been a struggle, it's, it's gone now. And, and we've got all this potential that we can look at ahead of us in the new year. For some of us, this time of year is hard. Christmas time, New Year's. Uh, some of us have a hard time celebrating. Uh, kind of like that movie, Sleepless in Seattle. Anybody seen that? It's an oldie. Talk about... Okay, so... Um, in that movie, Tom Hanks is sitting on his deck and he's watching this ship go by all lit up and there's fireworks in the background and everybody's celebrating, but not him because his perfect life has been shattered because um, he lost his wife. And some of us are kind of dealing with that kind of sadness right now, if we're honest. Some of you lost a loved one this past year. Some of you lost a job. Some of you just have gone through a really difficult, hard thing. So how do, we, how do we celebrate when life is hard? Actually, all the more reason to celebrate because God has good news for us. God brings good news even in the midst of our hard stuff. There's this hope that we have. And I, I want to share with you uh, a scripture that actually I'm even extra excited about it because... When I shared it in the first service, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, did you know that that's the you version verse of the day? And I'm like, that's awesome. Guys, God does this so often for me, like affirming, confirming something in multiple ways. So, you know, this is a scripture I picked to, to share. And wouldn't you know, today is the day that it's the, the anybody use the you version Bible app? Yeah, it's awesome. Check it out. It, today, this is today's verse that we're going to look at. This is an awesome verse that's going to help us to leap into this new year with faith, with confidence, with some positive momentum. Let's take a look at what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, recorded in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. This is a verse that gives us life. This is not an Eeyore verse. You cannot read this in an Eeyore verse. I mean, try it. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. No, you, that doesn't, it doesn't fit. It's more of a tigger. You got to get a little <laughs> in there, you know? It's like, yes, this is an awesome verse. So, will you read it with me? You can use your Tigger voice or just at least a positive, excited voice. Let's read this together. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. 
This is a hope-filled verse. I love how it begins with the word if. You notice that? When a sentence starts with the word if, you know that, that it's filled with possibility. Because where there's an if, there's typically a then, right? If this happens, then this will happen. If I do this, then uh, this will happen. And sometimes an if uh, has a negative consequence, like if you do something bad, then this bad thing's going to happen. But other times, an if-then is a positive fulfillment of a promise. And that is the case with this verse here. Look what follows the if, too. If anyone, everybody say that word, anyone. anyone. This promise, this possibility, this potential of greatness is for anyone, everyone. It's not limited to a few privileged people. Each one of us can claim the promise of this verse. But the if only happens if the condition is met, right? And what is the condition? Look at it. If anyone is in Christ. So what does that mean to be in Christ? What did Paul mean when he wrote those words? I think in, obviously, is the opposite of out. Either you're in with Jesus or you're out with Jesus. Now, it's wintertime. We're not thinking about a pool too much. But if you go down to the pool in the summertime, you know, you might go and you might, like, dip your toe in there to see what the temperature's like. But just dipping your toe in doesn't make you in. You're not in the pool, really, until you jump in. And when you do jump in, you are soaked to the skin. You are drenched in that water. You are all in, right? And that's how it is here with Jesus. Either we're in the pool, either we jump in, or we're not in. Have you jumped in with Jesus? Have you made a decision to go all in? when it comes to Jesus in your life? Huge, important question for us to answer. Um, in the past month, if you've been around in December, you know we've been focused on this one verse. I just want to give a little glance back to, um, to this verse, Matthew 1.18. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. What does it mean? God with us. That's right. God came to be with us. God in Jesus took on human flesh. God came into a human body. He came to us. He be became one of us. Basically, Jesus jumped into the pool. Jesus went all in. Let that sink in. That's huge. That God came to be with us, that Jesus jumped into the pool with us. And then he got in the pool and then he said, hey, water's great. Come on in. See, here's the thing. Before God commanded us to be in Christ, Jesus came to be in us, with us, one of us. Look, think for a moment about the way Jesus lived. He didn't just go sit in a synagogue somewhere and say, hey, you all come in and listen to me talk. 
You know, when you read the Gospels, you, you see that Jesus was with the people. He was among them. He lived among them. He walked their streets. He sat in their homes around their tables. He found this little wee guy named Zacchaeus, right? And what did he do? He did something your mother would never let you do. He invited himself over for dinner. Very inappropriate. <laughs> but Jesus did that. He said, Zach, I'm coming over to have dinner with you. Cool? And he's like, sure. Look at there's something intimate about having dinner with somebody, about being in somebody's home. Look at these words that John wrote about Jesus. He quoted Jesus saying these words, Revelation 3.20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone, anyone, hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Again, Jesus doesn't sit in a sanctuary and say, hey, come knock on our church door and we'll let you in. No, he says, I'm coming to you. I'm going to come knock on your door. I will stand at your door as long as it takes and knock. Jesus comes and he pursues us. He makes the first move toward us. He reaches out to meet us. Then he says this, I'll come in and eat with you. Again, having a meal is really important. I know growing up, we had, uh, with our kids, we made sure we had, you know, dinner together. That was an important time for our family. And on my day off on Fridays, we always had Friday morning pancakes. That was something our kids looked forward to. That was a special time, and it still is. We had all our grandkids with us um, over this, this Christmas time, and we still have pancakes. Um, we had it multiple times, actually, this past week. Um, but there's something that happens. You know, you invite friends into your home, and it's more than just eating food. There's a connection, right? There's a there's a shared space, not only in the room, but right in here. Something happens, and what Jesus is getting at here when he says, I'll come and eat with you and you with me, basically he's saying, we're going to have a deep relationship. I'm coming into your home. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm going to do life with you. I'm going to be with you. That's what it means to be in Christ and for Christ to be in me. Jesus is saying, let's hang out. <laughs> I want to do life with you. Jesus knocks on the door. He doesn't use a battering ram. He doesn't force his way in. He doesn't barge in. He just knocks. He's knocking right now. He's knocking on that door, waiting for us to turn the knob and open it. How does this happen? How do I come to be in Christ, the way Paul talks about it, by opening this door, by saying yes to Jesus, by responding to his knocking, right, to his pursuit of me, by inviting Jesus into my life to do life with me. That responsibility is on us to open that door. He gently knocks but it's on us to respond. Listen, maybe you've never responded to that knocking of Jesus. Maybe you're coming and you're, you're 
testing the water, which is great. That's awesome. This is a great place. Church is a great place to test the water. And I'm glad you're here. If you've never opened the door to Jesus, but maybe this could be the day at the start of 2023 that you actually open the door of your heart and say, Jesus, I believe in you. I receive you. Come into my life. Most important decision I ever made, it would be the most important decision you ever made as well. Some of us opened the door to Jesus years ago, but maybe somehow your spirit has closed off or maybe you're distracted. Maybe we need to also open the door, those of us who have known Jesus for a long time. I don't think the knocking of Jesus is just a one-time open the door, I'll come in, and I'm there, and everything is great forever. I think Jesus is constantly knocking on our door, asking us to open up and let him be a part of everything in our life. Let's open that door to Jesus. Let's be in Christ. I think that's what Paul is getting at here in 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, if anyone is opening that door, if anyone is jumping into the pool, if anyone is going all in, that's what it's about. When we do that, when we say, yes, Jesus, come in, be my Lord, my Savior, be with me always, um, then something amazing happens. Look what happens. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Wow. When I open my life to Jesus, I become new. New things happen in me and to me and through me. Deep change begins to happen inside of me. I discover a power to overcome obstacles that I could never overcome before. Like the ability to love someone who's unlovable. Like the ability to help, to help to restore a relationship that's broken. The ability to have the strength to overcome sin. A desire to serve and make a difference in the world around me. All these are, these are just some of the changes that God does in us when we open that door to him and say, come in. And he makes us new. When I truly open the door to Jesus, I become unrecognizable to who I was in my previous life. I take on a new nature, a different disposition. I have a new passion and a new purpose in life. That's what Jesus does when he comes into my life. I change. I am transformed. I am a new creation. Do you long for something new? Do you want God to do something new in you? Deep in here, change, new creation. Not just because it's a new year, not just because we make a new year resolution, not just by my own determination and my hard discipline, it's more than that. Those are good things, but it's more than that. When Jesus comes in, when I open the door to him, new things happen. And that's not all. Something really important happens. Look, look at this verse as it continues. 
If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Look at this. The old is gone. This is awesome. I mean, how many times have you thought, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have made that mistake. I wish I could have a do-over on that. Why did I make that poor decision? Look how it has impacted my life. Look what this says here. It's the old has gone. The old... (coughs) So sorry. I felt like I was writing your face when I did that because it was so loud. (laughs) Be ready. I might do that again. Just the mute button real quick. I could have done it here, I guess, too. Anyway, listen. This is present tense. The old is gone. Like, when we open that door, old stuff, like, God's ready to forgive and... Look, God's, the Scripture tells us that when God forgives us, our sin is as far as the east is from the west. Like, it's gone, all right? So, but this doesn't mean that we get to start over like everything else never existed. Like, sometimes there's some consequences to poor decisions that we still got to wrestle with and deal with. Um, we, we can't just erase our past, however... The old is gone in that we can be forgiven of any sin. And, oh, man, the Lord just washes over us with forgiveness, and it's gone. We need to believe that. And maybe you need to cling to that today to know that you are forgiven, and it's gone. We can truly receive reconciliation in our relationships with people. A, a, a friendship or a family relationship that has, has been so hard can be reconciled when the power of Jesus is living in us and guiding us and helping us to make that happen. We can get over hurdles that have held us back for years when the power of Jesus fills us. And we, th- this is the hope that we have that the old is gone. I was talking about this in the first service and uh, uh, something dawned on me. I, I put my shoes on kind of in a hurry this morning. I was... Um, got in the, out the door on the way here. I got here. I've been walking around with this, something in my shoe. And, and I didn't do anything about it. I just walked around with this pebble or something in my shoe. And I was over there for the first service in the sanctuary talking, like right at this point in the sermon. And I realized, man, I, I, I needed to confess. I've, I've allowed something to sit in my shoe this whole time. And so I sat down in that moment over there, and I just decided, I'm done with this pebble in my shoe. I'm not going to walk around with this thing anymore, and I took my shoe off. And so then on the way here, I was like, gosh, that was a great analogy, and I can't do it again because I'm not putting this pebble back in my shoe just so I can talk about it again. And then I, right when I got to my seat, I realized, oh, there was another one floating around in there, so I can do this all over again. I'm taking my shoe off. And I'm getting rid of this pebble. I, I've had the grandkids all week, so maybe that's how they got in here. I don't know. Wow. There was three over there. There's four more. Why do we do that? Why do we keep walking around when something's in our shoe and it's bothering us and we know it's not right and we know we got to get rid of it, but we still walk around with pebbles in our shoe? Who's done that? Anybody? Can we just today, as we enter into 2023, can we just decide to take the shoe off and pour the pebble out 
Let's get rid of these things. The old is gone. God can help us to to change, to get rid of things that have bothered us for years, pebbles in our shoes. And we it can be gone, but we've got to take right, we've got to take the effort to sit down and take the shoe off and turn it over and dump it out. It's really a step that we need to take. And then through the power of Jesus and God's forgiveness and God's help, then we can live without that pebble in our shoe. Do you have a pebble in your shoe? You have something that's just been there and you knew it was there and you knew it was not right and yet still you just let it go. Can we literally let it go today? Can we let the old things be gone? God wants to do that for us today. The first step in letting go of the past is not making a New Year resolution. All those are great. The first step in letting go of old things is opening up that door to Jesus. When we have Jesus living in us, doing life with us, now we are empowered to let go of those old things. There's something else that's really awesome. It doesn't end there. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, but look, the new has come. Who is ready for something new in this next year? Something amazing. And I I believe that God has something in store for each of us and something in store for all of us. Like as a church, new things. Like the building of this, this laundry hub. How exciting is that? But other things as well. Other things that God will prompt you to bring up and begin to do and we'll, as a church we can come around it and get behind it. God wants to do new things in this coming year. Let's go after it. It all begins again with the open door to Jesus. When each of us is opening that door to Jesus every day, throughout the day, and living life with Jesus, when Jesus enters in, we get transformed. We become more like him. We see the world differently. We treat people differently. This is what Jesus did with his disciples he, he said, go out two by two and go make disciples. Go heal the sick. Go set captives free. Go do some new things to further the kingdom of God. And that's what they did. And it was exciting. And that's still happening today. We all get to be a part of the new things that God is doing to spread his love to a world that desperately needs it. Jesus went all in, took the form of a human body, and then he called us to be his body. Isn't that cool? So Jesus comes and goes all in with us, and then he says, hey, now I'm going to knock on the door. Let me come into you. This is what it means to be in Christ. So what is God going to do? It's exciting to think about, right? What is God going to do in this new year?
What is God going to do through you, you personally, and through us as a church? I just want to give us a little bit of time right now just to, just to pause and, and just breathe and just seek God. And let's listen to the promptings from the Holy Spirit. What is God calling us to do? Would you just close your eyes and pray with me, beginning by just meditating again on these words that we've been focused on today. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Jesus, I open the door of my heart to you. I open the door of my heart to you. I open my life to you. Jesus, come in. I invite you in. Be with me. Be in me. I want to be in you. I want to live my life with you as my Lord, as my Savior. I open the door to you. Lord, would you make me new? Do your creative work in me. God who created everything in the world, in the universe, God of creation, will you do some creative work in me, in my life, in my heart, in my mind? Lord, I know there's some pebbles in my shoe that I need to get rid of. There's some old things that need to go. Lord, I just, I release those with open hands. With open hands right now, I just open my hands before you and let go of stuff. Lord, each of us have different things we need to let go of we give those things over we give those old things away take it God take my sin cleanse me of it forgive me for my sin Lord take old habits that have been hard to break God would you break them now break me of old habits Lord, old grudges, <laughs> I let go. I let it go. Bring reconciliation. Lord, would you do a new thing in me? Do a new thing in my heart, God. Fill me with your spirit. Holy Spirit, make me new inside. Wash over my brain and take away things that are just thoughts that are not of you and refresh my brain, renew my mind, 
renew my heart, that I would desire the things of, that you want for me. Lord, would you show me, reveal to me the new things you want me to do in the days ahead, exciting things, good things. Fill me with passion and purpose that line up with your goodness. Give me strength. Give me hope. Give me a deep love. Fill me with all I need to do the things you call me to do. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.